Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Okay. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm David, compulsive overeater. Um, thank you all for being here and making recovery possible for me today. Uh, I truly, it's not like I truly believe, I truly know that um, if it weren't for other people, the other OAs room and around the world, I would not have any relief from compulsive overeating. So thank you. And uh, thank you, Patty, for asking me to share. It's, it's an honor to, to share at this meeting, which has been so crucial for my recovery. Um, it, I came here the first week um, in OA, and I never stopped coming almost every single Saturday, and that was uh, more than five years ago. Um, and of course, now that we're virtual and we have podcasts, um, we're all just so we're more more connected beyond our home meetings and our local meetings. And what a yeah, what a miracle. Um, and uh, I, even though, as people know, I'm involved in our East Bay podcast, my first reaction is to not want to be recorded because if I say something wrong or weird, I don't want that to be immortalized. But really, um, I mean, speaking of humility, that's uh, so crucial for step seven. Uh, it's not about me. It's not about my ego or my reputation. Um, it's about how I could be of service to others. Um, I, I find it helpful that um, spiritual slogan, I can't save my face and my ass at the same time. And it's really true for me. Um, when I cling to controlling other people's opinions about me um, and looking a certain way, I'm blocking myself from my truth and I'm blocking myself from true companionship and fellowship with other people. Um, part of part of our step five is we admit to God, to ourselves and another person, the exact nature of our wrongs or just ourselves as I would see it. And uh, I can't, um, I have to be honest uh, in order to recover in this program. And the great thing is that the more, the more honest I am, the more I share myself really vulnerably and rawly and directly, the less I find myself to be a problem. Um, so it's kind of like uh, I can get self-esteem through doing esteemable acts. So anyway, um, yeah, I'm really grateful to be talking about step seven. Um, and uh, when Patty asked me to share, and this was the date that worked, um, uh, basically since then, I think it's been about two months or so, it's just been nice to have step seven more, more forefront in my mind because the thing about step seven is it's really short and really easy. Um, it's, it's an amazing tool to have in my back pocket at any moment. Um, like even when I was thinking about this chair and feeling nervous and rehearsing in my head, what I'd say, um, which is nothing that I've said so far. So it just goes to show I'm not in control. Um, anytime I feel, I feel myself elevated, like activated in that way of feeling anxious, nervous, scared. I can just come back to, I humbly ask my higher power to relieve me of my shortcomings, to relieve me of the fear, um, of the anxiety, of the um, of the anything which comes between me and just acceptance and joy. So it's it's just so short. It's so portable. Step seven. 
Um, and actually in the big book, um, there's one paragraph on step seven. Um, it has the paragraph on step six. And then it says, when ready, we say something like this, my creator, and this is our seventh step prayer. I'm now willing that you should have all of me good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character, which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding, amen. We have then completed step seven. So it's pretty short and sweet. And um, yeah, I just, I love the simplicity of this program. I love that um, we keep it simple. And because uh, um, I'm, you know, I'm a, as a compulsive reader, as an addict, like I, my tendency is to complicate things. One of my tendencies. Um, so it's nice um, to be reminded that if I, all I need to do is just turn whatever is going on with me over to my higher power. And it's this, it's this really concrete action that I could take. And step seven also reminds me that I'm, I'm powerless over my defects. I don't even know which ones need to be removed. I mean, like the prayer says, um, remove whichever defects stand in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. So meaning some may be useful for me to have still. I mean, whatever I'm struggling with, um, uh, whatever patterns I'm still stuck in, maybe someone is somehow benefiting from them still. That's not an excuse for me not to ask for them to be relieved um, if it could be useful for them to be relieved. But the point is, um, the point is for me, that I'm not in charge and uh, I may want to have every, all my challenges removed right now, but if they're not being removed, maybe it's because I still need to learn something from them. Um, and I'm thinking about, um, uh, was that five? That's five. Thank you. I'm thinking about um, uh, my relapse back in the fall and winter and, uh, what got me through it to keep coming back to meetings and ultimately back into abstinence was this, um, I mean, yeah, it's actually in one of the promises in, in, in the step nine promises in the big book that no matter how far down the scale we've gone, we'll see how our experiences can benefit others. And there was this, I just had this, this understanding that if I come and go to a meeting like I did to this one and say, I have been binging, um, that that could help someone. Uh, and so, and, and, and recovery is not, recovery is, is bumpy and it's not linear. So whatever struggles I've had, um, confusion around the food or relation, you know, being controlling in my relationship or um, being resentful and any of this stuff that comprises being an imperfect human being, um, it's part of my path and other people benefit from it, uh, from, from hearing me share about it and being in relationship with it. Um, that's such a healing power of these meetings that we're honest and vulnerable. And uh, if it were easy, then none of us would be here. Um, and if, I think even if it, were, if it were just about the eating, if we can just get the eating under control and then um, like if that's what all this was about, I don't think people would be here either. Um, because recovery opens up this understanding that um, the food is just the beginning, the food or body or dieting. Um, it's, it's, it's the tip of the iceberg. Um, so step seven is really designed for living for me. Uh, 
because in all of my affairs, uh, I need my higher powers help to, um, to make me the person who I feel that I could be. Uh, there's this, um, I consider myself a pretty nice person and uh, there's a big distance between uh, who I feel like I could be a more joyful and playful and honest and courageous person, more giving, not being as short tempered. Um, and and uh, I, I could be someone uh, who has more serenity. Um, and I've also come a long way. So in there's this, so far as there's some sort of gap between who I know I could be through the grace of my higher power and where I still am today, I just need to keep on journeying uh, in this program with all of you. So, uh, yeah. Um, and actually, um, I was looking at our the, the AA 12 and 12 and just kind of preparing for this share a bit. And uh, uh, it talks about, um, how there's something about humility that, um, well, I'll just read, where humility had formerly stood for a forced feeding on humble pie, it now begins to mean the nourishing ingredient which can give us serenity. Um, so for me, um, letting go of ego and letting go of being the one in control and not being the one who can take credit for anything. I can't take credit for my abstinence or my weight loss or any success I've had in my life. When I take credit for it, um, it actually um, it keeps me from really being able to fully enjoy it. There's so much. There's something so much more beautiful about the, about the surrender that this comes from something outside myself. Um, and uh, the book also says, I'll try not to read too much, but. Um, um, until the improved perception of humility starts another revolutionary change in our outlook. Our eyes begin to open to the immense values which have come straight out of painful ego puncturing. Until now, our lives have been largely devoted to running from pain and problems. We fled from a plague. We never wanted to deal with the fact of suffering, escape via the, the, the bottle, or for us, the food, carton, box, whatever, uh, was always our solution. Character building through suffering might be all right for saints, but it certainly didn't appeal to us. Then in AA or OA, we looked and listened. Everywhere we saw failure and misery transformed by humility into priceless assets. Um, in every case, pain had been the price of admission into a new life. So I've spoken about that already, but I find those words really helpful for me when I get down on myself for not being as recovered um as i want to be that uh this is something that i learn and go and grow through um so i think maybe i'll spend a little bit of time uh now that i've, I've talked about step seven thanks 10 minutes left right yep, that's yeah that's yeah just saying a bit about my story um as a compulsive overeater because uh i know that um I know I need to keep hearing about other, I need to keep saying it because on any given day, I could forget that this disease is really entrenched in me, no matter how long I've been absent or in program. So I need that, I need that constant reminder. And also, I just, it just feels good to hear other people talk about being compulsive over eaters. Um, I, uh, there's, it's, each time I'm at a meeting and someone shares about the, you know, those stories of what it was like, I feel less alone. 
I feel more at home. Um, and uh, it's really comforting. Um, and not, and it's not about dwelling in the problem about it because either it's not the case for us anymore or we're saying we don't want it to be the case anymore. Um, so for me, uh, it feels like I've been a compulsive reader my whole life. I don't have any memory of not being a compulsive overeater. Um, as, as long as I could remember, I just gravitated towards food as the comfort. I didn't have an objective. I, didn't, I, I wasn't even conscious that I was in pain and I needed soothing. It was just food meant more and food meant pleasure and I wanted food. Um, and uh, I, don't, I don't know what came first, if it's, um, you know, if it was a result of, um, result of my upbringing or if I was born with this. It doesn't, to me, um, I find it, uh, I was gonna say it doesn't matter. Um, it does matter insofar as um, part of program has been about um, learning my own story about myself. Um, so I, it, it doesn't feel true to dismiss the why question uh, of my origins as a compulsive overeater because I've gotten a lot of healing through seeing that I come from a family of compulsive overeaters and uh, that it was my first reaction to the pain of um, feeling alone as a kid. I was just an incredibly sensitive kid and uh, um, very sensitive to um, the criticism and non-approval of my parents or the exclusion of my siblings or not feeling like I had people to play with when I was little. Um, so um, I'm sure I, I, food must have been some sort of, you know, refuge that I took to feel comfort because um, food, food, it tastes good. I mean, as a little kid, what else is going to give me that like automatic shot of feeling good? Um, and combined with that, uh, I was, I was overweight as long as I could remember, even though when I look back at pictures as a kid, I, I wasn't, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I wouldn't say now that that's necessarily an overweight kid, but I felt overweight my entire life. Um, another kind of gem of program is that fat isn't a feeling, um, but growing up, I just felt fat. That was my feeling, um, feeling just unlovable and just gross, stupid, awkward, out of place. And, uh, um, and I did, um, I got some very direct messages in the home I grew up in that um, it wasn't okay, uh, that it wasn't okay, that being overweight wasn't okay and wanting extra food wasn't okay. And I got the message when I was reaching for food, um, you know, there were people saying, you don't need that. And um, what that did was, um, it reinforced the message that I didn't know what my own needs were um, and that there was something bad and shameful about how I was reacting to the world. And that didn't make it, me stop. It just made me feel bad about it. Um, and I'm not saying this to blame because um, I come from generations of compulsive overeaters and um, past histories in my family of trauma and starvation and wartime. So I, um, it doesn't help me to hold on to blame or resentment. That's something that this program teaches me. I can feel compassion um, for the people in my life who were trying to protect me from maybe the same pain they were feeling about their bodies and food. And, um, uh, and unfortunately that just perpetuated this cycle. Um, so it's very, um, it's just very ingrained in me. Uh, I just feel my, I feel that food compulsion because it feels like it's been with me as long as I could remember. Um, 
it makes it easier to identify as a compulsive overeater um, as opposed to being something that developed later on. Uh, but what did develop later on was um, the dieting and the restriction, um, which started when I was, uh, when I reached puberty um, and uh, I found, I, I basically, um, I started just like really restricting my calories when I was 12 years old and starting to exercise. And, uh, and I, whenever I share, I always share about this, but it was the first time I felt like a real person when I started um, having some sort of control over my, is that five left? Yep. Yeah. Um, when I started having some, uh, feeling some control over my body and getting compliments and I became addicted to that. Like I was addicted to the food. I became addicted to the um, positive affirmation of, oh, you lost so much weight. You look so great. And uh, dieting is good as long as it lasts. And just, I was an excellent dieter. Um, and as excellent as I was, it just couldn't last because I'd lose the weight and then feel like I still wanted to eat the way I just still want to eat anything. So when I lost the weight, it gave me, felt like it gave me permission to now I can just eat whatever because I'm normal. And, um, uh, and we know from step one that we're not normal. Um, I am, I have an abnormal reaction to food and, and body. I can't, um, I can't just decide I want my body to look different and then go out to a gym and, uh, um, change my body. Like I, the, the way I relate to body image and maybe there are normal people out there who can just decide like, Oh, I want to, I want my body to look different. I'm going to exercise more. Like it's not neutral for me. Um, just like having that extra bite of food or going off my food plan just this one time, it's not neutral for me. It's, it's, it triggers a, a really, um, a lethal chain of events. I mean, I haven't died from this disease, but I wouldn't be here if I didn't feel like I could. Um, basically I went from, you know, the dieting back to trying to be normal to binging and back and forth for, um, you know, from the age of 12 to whatever was my mid late twenties. Um, and each, each pendulum was more extreme, um, pendulum swings. So, um, coming into the rooms, uh, after I, um, I weighed more than I'd ever looked after, um, uh, trying a program of intuitive eating of just eating what I wanted whenever I wanted um, with the hope that that would get rid of my, um, that was the idea that if I could just be normal around food, then I wouldn't need to diet anymore. Anyway, the point is I'm a diet in the wool compulsive overeater and um, coming into the rooms uh, has saved my life. I don't have enough time to talk about everything and all the steps, but I'm so uh, grateful for step one, as I said, that I don't have to pretend to be normal or try to be normal so I could eat the way I need, um, which I've learned is a weighted measured food plan, which involves not eating um, sugar and flour and uh, grains and other ingredients, which for today trigger me to just want to eat more. Um, I have such peace around my food. Um, it doesn't mean it's perfect, um, but since my relapse and coming back into absence, it's now been over six months. And um, I don't have the, those same, I don't have as many of those kind of gray areas where it's like, oh, was that okay around food? Was it not? I kind of, I know what I need to do. And even if that, even if that's all I get from this program, um, it feels really good not to be in constant stress and confusion around food. And it's by the grace of a higher power 
um, and in constant communication with my fellows and sponsoring and being sponsored that I'm able to follow a food plan that works for me. This isn't a diet program. It's not about finding the food plan. Um, it's about um, developing a relationship with a higher power where I can channel what is true for me, where I can channel um, what is good for my body um, and uh, what my limits are. And uh, yeah, um, it's really life beyond my wildest dreams. Um, and I know it's a cliche, but it's it's just a truth that I could like thinking about the humility of step seven, it feels so good to be one among many. And the longer I'm in this program and the more I try to deepen my recovery, um, I feel I'm able to be more honest about my character defects. Um, I'm able to turn more of them over to my higher power, which is part of my daily practice of, of my 10th step. I look at what my defects were of the day and I, and I do step seven. I pray for my higher power to remove them. And it's just a daily action that I need to keep taking. And the humility, the humility is, and maybe I'll just wrap up with this. The humility is that um, I need to keep doing these, these daily actions. I, I, need, I need to keep surrendering my will and my love to a higher power in order to stay alive um, and to stay in some sort of peace and happiness. And the humility is that I am powerless over these defects. I cannot get rid of them myself. So I can stop blaming myself for having them. I can just keep showing up and doing these actions and being among other compulsive eaters um, and just being one among many. And, uh, um, and that's what I can do. So anyway, um, with that, I'll pass. Um, thank you all for being here and, and listening to me.